Hi everyone, you're listening to Mary Read Scripture, a production of the Ephesus School Network. I'm Mary, and today I'll be reading and you'll be hearing from the Book of Romans. Let's begin, as we always will, by hearing Scripture. Today's reading is from Romans chapter 3, verse 7 through 9. For if the truth of God has increased through my lie to his glory, why am I also still judged as a sinner? And why not say, let us do evil that good may come, as we are slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, their condemnation is just. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. Welcome back. For those of you who've been following this podcast, you have heard me stress again and again the importance of hearing scripture through the voice of the original languages, Greek and Hebrew. On several occasions, I've been questioned as to why there's such a strong focus on quote-unquote the meaning of words in my podcast. I do not find this question shocking. The average person, in my experience, spends very little time investigating what they are reading to ensure that they are actually comprehending it correctly. Most of us glaze over content to get the gist of what is said, or at least what we think is being said. When you include social media and bite-sized communication, the amount of effort one has to put into reading comprehension as a general practice is disturbingly low. Reading comprehension, the ability to read a text, process it, and understand its quote-unquote meaning, is an underperforming skill, as demonstrated by the low literacy rates in this country. According to the National Literacy Institute, more than half of all Americans have literacy skills below the sixth grade level. So the question as to why we should care so much about quote-unquote the meaning of words does not shock me in the slightest. We have more important things to attend to than literacy, it seems. While I stress being literate in Greek and Hebrew, I would also stress that basic reading comprehension skills are essential for the English translation as well. I have often observed the ways people misrepresent even the English due to poor reading comprehension skills or just simple laziness because they don't want to read the wider context of the text. I'm not shocked by this question, and I also think it's the wrong question. The idea of the quote-unquote meaning of words is tricky language for us today because the meaning of words can change or be changed. In our current society, we are self-absorbed with what words mean to us personally, even if 10 years ago those words meant something very different. Everyone is self-referential. Even if the scriptural text can be shown to use a word in one way, the quote-unquote meaning of this word is trumped by what we personally want to understand about this word. We agree or disagree with scripture based on what the words mean to us not based on what the words actually communicate or how they were originally used by the authors. We value our own voice over the voices of the ones who wrote scripture. In order to understand what the text quote-unquote means, we must do an archaeology of the words, as Father Mark Bulos likes to say on the Bible is Literature podcast. I am going to borrow this turn of phrase because it is simply the best way to explain what we are doing here on this podcast. The archaeology of words requires us to scrape away the layers of human civilization, the layers of human meaning built on top of scripture. 
what we unearth in this process might very well conflict with the theological record, the layer of meaning we have created for ourselves. While the meaning we make of the scriptural words is more often than not self-affirming and self-referential, the scriptural words themselves were written against man. An archaeology of the scriptural words unearths this hard truth. Regardless of how we perceive the quote-unquote meaning of these words, the words of scripture continue to stand as a record to their own condemnation of human beings. If the previous question is the wrong question, then the right question is, why should we do an archaeology of the scriptural words? If you've been listening to my podcast, I suspect you know, but aren't willing to admit the answer to yourself. So let's continue with our own archaeology of the words on this podcast. Last week, we discussed Paul's use of the word if in verse 5. But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? You will remember that if, or e in Greek, is a conditional conjunction that communicates that a fact is being assumed. In verse 5, Paul is assuming that it is a fact that God's righteousness shows the Jews to be unrighteous. We see the same conditional conjunction being used here in verse 7. For if, e, the truth of God has increased through my lie to his glory, why am I also still judged as a sinner? This time, Paul is assuming that it is a fact that God's truth increases through the lie to his glory. The word translated as increased in verse 7, when we hear it in the original Greek, should draw our attention back to a previous discussion. This word in Greek is aperisevsen and is a form of the verb perisevo. It is defined as to go above and beyond, to abound. It is something that goes beyond what is expected. Immediately, we should think of Romans chapter 3, verse 1, where Paul asks the rhetorical question, What advantage then has the Jew? In verse 1, Paul used the adjective perisos to describe the Jews in the text as having more than what was expected, more than enough. Perisevo, which is used in our passage today, comes from perisos. In both verse 1 and verse 7, the abundance or advantage is related to God. In verse 1, the Jews' advantage comes from God entrusting them with his oracles. In verse 7, it is the truth of God itself which abounds. God's truth is more than enough. It abounds through their lies to his glory. I would like to discuss another word that probably seems insignificant but is essential in our understanding or reading comprehension of verse 7. This is the word translated as through, for if the truth of God has increased through my lie. This word in Greek is en and is defined as in, on, at, by, or with. Properly, it communicates that something is inside or within something else. Figuratively, it is used to communicate that something is operating within the realm or sphere of something else. I find this definition very useful. Here we might say that the truth of God abounds within the lie. Figuratively, we might say that God's truth abounds and operates within the realm of the lie. Or we might even say the realm of man. For as Paul has stated previously in verse 4, Let God be true, but every man a liar. It is then not a far stretch to consider that the quote-unquote world of men is where the lies are. 
yet God's truth abounds there. Finally, let's look at the word translated as to in verse 7. For if the truth of God has increased through my lie to his glory. This word in Greek is is and is defined as to or into in the sense that a point in time, place, purpose, or result has been reached. Literally, it means motion into which and implies a sense of penetration or union which ends in a particular purpose or result. Here I think we can sum up verse 7 by saying that for Paul, it is an assumed fact that God's truth abounds within the realm of the lie, man's realm, the result of which is God's glory. How disconcerting for the self-referential hearers of Paul's words. The Jews in the text can make no claims, even in the fact that their lies show God's glory to be what it is. In fact, they are condemned for that, and justly so. They are no better than the next. For as we will demonstrate thoroughly next week, both Jews and Gentiles have been previously charged. All are under sin. Mary Reads Scripture is a production of the Ephesus School Network. If you find this podcast insightful, I recommend you check out some of the other podcasts on the network, such as The Bible's Literature, Tarazi Tuesdays, and A Light to the Nations. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week for a new episode of Mary Read Scripture. Bye!